Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay. You're tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell here on KCNR 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, your talk radio. This is Dr. Patty, and we are going to talk about retirement today. Now, if you are not retirement age and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to think about this, hold on. Don't turn us off yet. Because what I want to do is talk to you if you're entering into the work world. Let's say you're 28, you're finishing college, or you're 24, or you're 30, and you're not thinking yet about retirement because that feels a lifetime away. You're going to pick up some stuff from this show that's going to be important for you. If you are older than that and you're thinking, gosh, I don't know if I can retire or can I ever retire or what would that be like, this is also going to speak to that. If you are getting ready to retire, there are going to be some gems that you need to be looking at. If you are already retired and struggling, I want to address that too. So don't leave. This is going to be an important show because at some point, All of us need to stop working, either because we have to, we want to, or it's simply time. So let's talk about retirement a little bit. It is emotionally challenging for most people. You will hear people that say, oh, I can't wait till I retire. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be great. I want to not have to do this anymore. And they're real excited about retiring. That can You can go into that feeling like that, and it can still be difficult at times. Then I see people who, when you start talking about retiring, they do a little freak out, either silently inside or they do it out loud. They can't imagine what life would be like without what they've done forever. So we're going to address all these kind of things. Uh, in my private practice of 30-plus years, I have seen this situation over and over again. The reason I'm doing this show is I want people to be on the proactive end of dealing with retirement rather than becoming into me having been retired for a while and their marriage is breaking up, there's a whole lot of stress, they're really unhappy, they're depressed, they're anxious, they're not enjoying it like they thought they would, they feel lost. And so they come in and try and reorganize after the fact, which actually, is much better than not trying to reorganize after the fact. But the easiest way to deal with retirement is to be emotionally ready for it and aware of the possible pitfalls and to be preparing yourself for this for a very long time. So those of you who are young, you know, you're in your late 20s or your early 30s, listen to this because there are some things you can begin doing now to prepare for retirement. So let's be clear. I, I'm i going to get out of the way first, the financial part, because I am not a financial expert, although I am very in tune to that, and I've always stayed on top of it for my life, and when Rich and I were married before he died. But the financial piece is really important, and you need to get good advice. You need to talk to your financial advisor. You need to have somebody you're working with if you have a retirement account. If you don't have a retirement account, you need to work with somebody to get that going. Um, The financial piece is convoluted and complicated. When you're in your early 30s, you get it set up, and then you just keep paying into it like clockwork and follow their advice. If you're getting ready to retire, it's important that you sit down with your financial advisor and do it right. 
uh, filing for Social Security is convoluted and complicated and confusing. You will have people to tell you to file at 62 or wait till 66 in two months or do it when you're 70. Or they'll have all kinds of advice that might fit for their life but may not for yours. So it's very important that you get sound financial advice regarding Social Security, regarding your retirement, and regarding insurance. If you're getting ready to retire, applying for Medicare and supplemental and prescription coverage is so incredibly complicated that it can blow you away. So don't put any of that off. Start learning about it. Um, like watching YouTube videos on the whole insurance thing can really educate you a lot as to the questions you need to ask of your insurance person or your financial person. So let's set that aside because that's not my area of expertise and that's not where I can advise you except for to kick you in the tushy until you go get real help and, and lay that out right. Smartest thing you can do when you're young is to set yourself up for retirement by realizing that day will come someday and you're financially trying to prepare. What I want to talk to you about is the emotional things that can happen with retirement. I often see people come into my office and say, yeah, I'm supposed to retire next year and I'm scared. Um, I don't know how that's going to look. Maybe I'll keep working until I'm 70. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready. And they're starting to feel the agitation of not having a job to go to every day and beginning to feel lost. So if that's you, we're going to address some of those issues. If you're further away from it, it's really important that you begin to recognize a lot. You can feel a lot about this time in your life. A real typical example that I see is I, I have seen a lot of first responders in my practice over the years. And first responders are an interesting group of people. They have a very adrenaline junkie job and those of you that are firefighters or police officers or EMTs or emergency room personnel um, know what I'm talking about and that adrenaline that hyped up crisis we're in go mode we've got this thinking sharp doing it is addicting and so one of the things that they're looking at giving up is not having that high driven adrenaline the sense of purpose and the sense of satisfaction when you've handled a real crisis well. So a lot of times first responders will be freaking out when they're thinking of retiring because they cannot picture a life without that adrenaline. That's one aspect of it. In your job, if you have a very, very clear identity as to who you are, um, as a first responder, as a medical doctor, as a therapist, and you're in the helping professions, um, you have a very clear identity of this is who I am and this is what I do. Identity is one of the biggest issues that you will face when you retire. Who am I when I'm not going to work anymore? Many people in those type of professions will retire part way. They'll do some part-time work or they'll be fill-in consulting or on-call or things like that. And they kind of slow down slowly. Those are options, of course. But the issue that you're dealing with, first and foremost, is who am I when I'm not going to work? And it's an identity issue. So you need to be thinking about what am I going to do when I retire? 
How am I going to spend my time? Because when people first retire, the thing I hear most is, oh, God, I'm so tired, and I'm tired of going to work every day. I'm tired of setting my alarm and pushing, pushing, pushing. I want to just have time to myself. I want to not have to set my alarm clock. I want to not be so exhausted. So they may spend time really recuperating and learning how not to be exhausted, how not to set their alarm clock. But let's look at getting ready to retire as a reorganization. Now, if you're 30, you're setting yourself up to have the freedom to reorganize when it's time for you to retire. And if you're getting ready to retire, you're facing what's my life going to look like when I don't have to get up and go to work every day. If you're already retired and you've handled it well and you've recreated a new life and you're happy and you're having a glorious time in retirement, awesome. But if you are one of those people, and many people do this, they suffer a lot of losses, they get really depressed, it truly affects their marriage, their relationships, and it can be super challenging. So if you're already retired and you're struggling, it's not unusual. And the reorganizing I'm talking about can happen whether you're beginning to prepare for that reorganization or if you're brand new to retirement and you need to do it, or if you've been retired and if not reorganized in a way that has created happiness for you. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the areas of reorganization that you need to do to deal with retirement. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty, and you are listening to the beautiful Native American flute music of Randy McGinnis. You can go to randymcginnis.com and check out all six of his CDs. He's won numerous awards. He's the Lifetime Achievement Award for Native American flute, and his music is stunningly beautiful. Thank you, Randy, for allowing us to use your music on this show. It comforts so many people. I get emails about that a lot. And it's beautiful. Thank you. All right. We're talking about retirement and how it isn't as simple as just, oh, I'm retiring on the last day of December this year. And okay, everything will be lovely and fine. People stress out about it more than that. So let's look at some of the other areas besides financial and insurance that you're going to try and get uh, advice about from a professional. Let's look at the emotional areas of retirement. One of the things that happens is a very big shift in your time, okay? When we are working every day and and getting up and getting off to work and having to get that done, the perception of how we do time is crowded. So with retirement, you begin to allow space in your day, and that's important. Expect that and want that. Strive for that. You will have the freedom to get up when you're ready to get up. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be lazy and sleep till noon. You might for the first couple of weeks. <laughs> you might be exhausted. But the freedom to have space in your day, to enjoy your cup of coffee without rushing out the door, to go for a morning walk, to do the things that you've always thought about doing, I call that space in your day to structure it how you want. So time changes when you're retired. It is not as crowded. A big issue that people deal with is what is their purpose in life? 
what do I do now? If you had a very strong and defined purpose, for example, you were a medical doctor or you were a firefighter or you were CEO of a company or you went to work and worked in a factory every day and you knew what your job was, you had your purpose in your work life to earn your paycheck. All of a sudden, you have a vacancy in what's your purpose. So uh, you can listen to my podcast about what's your purpose in life, and it will really help you look at some of those things and what you want to create. So know that your purpose will change and that that can be a good thing, and it can also be very stressful because now you have to redefine it. Along with that purpose, you are beginning to look at your identity. We are often an extension of what we do. If someone says, hey, Patty, what's your identity? Uh, I might think, well, I'm a mom, a wife, a grandma. Um, I, but what will come to mind very quickly is I'm a therapist. I do therapy with people. I help people. It is part of my ingrained identity for many, many years. So your identity is profound and important. And if you retire like all at once, like many people do, they'll say, I'm working till December 31st of this year, and then boom, I'm retired. All of a sudden, your identity is different. So you try on the idea of, well, I used to be a, or before when I was working, I was a, that's different than this is who I am. So identity is huge. And we're going to talk more about that in the third section of the show because it is identity and purpose that often throw people into depression or just simply chaos because they don't know how to answer that question. All right, so we're going to deal a little bit more of that in the third section. In retirement, your relationships will change. And the story that comes to mind for me is when my father retired, he was an aeronautical electronical engineer. When he retired and he was home all the time, for quite a while he drove my mother nuts with things like all of a sudden my mother had no clue how to load a dishwasher because he wanted to tell her how to do it right. And I remember her looking at him and going, I've been loading the dishwasher for 40 plus years without you. How did I ever do that? Well, he wanted to totally redo how she did everything, and it drove her nuts. And I remember listening to some of that. It was interesting. So there will be changes in your relationship, whether it's all of a sudden there's someone around all the time, uh, you have no alone time anymore, or like my dad, you become the new resident expert on how to do everything and want to reorganize everything. So there is a shift. All right, there's got to be a shift when all of a sudden someone who wasn't there all the time is there all the time. That shift can create stress. It isn't always fun, um, especially if the person had personality habits that kind of drove you nuts and the fact that they were gone at work all day gave you a break and now they're home, which is one of the factors why divorce in the 60-plus age group has gone sky high since the 1990s because as the baby boomers are all beginning to retire, many of the baby boomers are faced with reevaluating their marriages. So changes in your relationship are huge. And that can also be a factor in depression and anxiety that can occur in retirement. We're going to talk about those in the third section. The balance between disengaging and engaging 
with your partner, with home, with your grandchildren, with your adult children, um, can change. The balance is now different. The type of time that you had before is now very different. So the space in your day where the freedom to be more present or have time to do some of the things you do is a lovely thought and can happen in retirement, and some people handle that beautifully. Others rattle around with the space in their day and get very upset and feel chaotic. Um, Here's another thing that happens in retirement that I hear in my office. People say, I have a closet full of work clothes, and now in retirement, I wear like the same three outfits all the time. My yoga pants, my basketball shorts, <laughs> you know, my shorts and my T-shirts. Your retirement clothes might be very different than your work clothes. It can take people a very long time to go through their closet and say, I don't need 15 suits if you were somebody that had to wear a suit all the time. I'm going to donate those somewhere. Donating your work clothes, keeping a few special outfits, your favorites, having something to go to wear for that kind of business sort of meeting is important. But it's not against the rules to go and donate your work clothes to a back-to-work place, to a shelter, to a, a women's shelter, places like that that can help people get to work and get jobs and have interview clothes. Um, vehicles. Do you still need two vehicles or three vehicles in your household? Those These are reevaluative things that happen when more people are home, like you and your spouse are home. Meals are different. How do you do food in your house when someone's there all the time? Do you organize yourself so that you're not snacking from the time you get up to the time you go to bed? Uh, what's that look like for you? Routines alter. When routines alter, that can be stressful. And it's also a beautiful opportunity to redefine. So when we think of retirement, let's add the word reorganizing into retirement because that's what it's about. When you're in your 30s or so, you want to begin to envision an organization for your life for when you're retired. Like, for example, getting your house paid off by the time you're 60, being debt-free, making sure that some of the jobs you choose do they do you pay into your 401k or not? One of the things that my husband that passed away and I said is uh, we were both in private practice, him as an attorney and me as a therapist. And we said if we had to do it over again, one of us would have kept working for a company or an agency or a firm or something like that that paid into retirement, that established benefits for that and established you keep your insurance so that that would have happened. That would have made a different picture for retirement. So think of things like that when you're young. And now as you're beginning to go into retirement, you're going to reorganize. Retirement is about reorganizing. It's not about sitting in your recliner and starting to drink beer at 10 in the morning and shifting to whiskey by 4 and being drunk by 6 and asleep in your recliner, which is actually how it kills people. And I'm sharing that with you because it is not unusual for first responders, especially firefighters and police officers, to tell me 
we all know guys who they retired, they're all excited about retiring, they're going to hunt and fish all the time, they're going to have a great life, and they're not going to be at work and working all the overtime and everything anymore, and they're dead within a year. I hear that story a lot, and it is the fear of many, many first responders, that without the adrenaline rush, with having no purpose, losing their identity, and not reorganizing well, they're dead within a year. Now, how often that happens? I don't have a statistic on that. But I can tell you that it is a fear across the board for first responders. And one of the reasons that happens is that people retire and they are in their recliner, watching TV, gaining weight, not doing anything different or productive or fun because they never established that in their life. And their diabetes goes through the roof and their alcoholism gets out of control and their relationships fall apart and their wife can't stand them like that anymore or their husband. They, and it's difficult and their health goes downhill. So don't be that guy. All right. And the way not to be that guy is to reorganize into retirement. And that's our theme song here. Reorganize. So when we're looking at reorganizing, it isn't just the financial piece and the insurance piece. It is also the purpose, the identity, your relationships, the space in your day, how you dress, what you drive, your routines that alter. That sense of purpose of setting your alarm clock and having to be out the door and going somewhere specific that you have many, many years of habit energy in. Even if you've changed jobs, you have the habit energy into, I get up and I go somewhere and I do something. I'm expected. I'm acknowledged. I feel a purpose. Maybe I feel good at what I did. Even if it was exhausting and I'm ready to quit, I had a purpose. I had an identity. That all shifts. So we're going to go to break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you about how when that identity and that purpose shifts, sometimes what can raise its ugly little head is depression and anxiety and feeling hopeless. We'll be back in a minute to talk about that difficult part of retirement. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty. We're talking about retirement, reorganizing into retirement. Either getting ready for it, and it's never too soon, getting ready for it coming up soon for you, or you're already in retirement and your reorganization hasn't gone quite like you thought it might. So these things I'm going to talk to you about, preparing to be retired, are the same thing you would do if you need to reorganize if you're already in there. One of the first things that will set you up for retirement well, besides the all-important piece of financial and insurance, those are two huge ones, and you need professional advice on those because they are convoluted and confusing, and you'll get lots of conflicting advice and get different opinions and really research, 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 because, wow, it's more convoluted than you realize for financial and insurance. Okay, so make sure you do that. Consult somebody who knows what they're talking about with that. But one of the next things you need to do is to have secondary interests. And by secondary, I'm actually really saying you need two or three or four other interests going into retirement. 
And what I encourage people to do is not have a dream list that they've never done. Like, for example, I'm going to take um, a cooking class. I'm going to become a chef when I retire. I'm going to start learning how to really cook well. Okay, you might have the time to begin to do that when you're retired. But what I really like people to do is explore that. You know, take a weekend cooking class now. See if it really jazzes you. See if that's like, wow, when I have more time, I really want to dive into this further. Begin to create interests that you try on. Let's say that when you retire, like what my mom did, which I thought was beautiful. She had always been an artist. She'd always dabbled around with different art stuff. When she retired, she took the art class out at the college. Every Tuesday and Thursday morning, it was like a two- or three-hour class, she would go out to the college and take this art class, and she did it for years and developed her artistic talents. It was beautiful. She's an incredible artist. But she knew because she had done art her whole life on and off and always wanted to really fully dive into that, she couldn't wait till she didn't have to go to work all the time anymore, and she could do that. She set up her art room at home. She took the art class and she really dove into it, which was really beautiful. So beginning to prepare and try on different things. If you think it's a hobby like art or cooking or a sport or bike riding or whatever, try it on. See if you like it. Begin to do it a little bit on the side. Because in the trying on of that secondary or third or fourth type of interest, you will create a different friend base. You will hone that interest. You'll begin to do a little bit of research. You'll start to recognize that this is something you want to spend more time. And it will already begin to be in place when you are off work and you have more time to organize it and do it. And it's also okay to dream. When I'm done working, I want to take that art class. I want to take the cooking classes I never had time to take. I want to buy that really special bicycle and join a a riding group, whatever. But as you develop those secondary and third and fourth type interests and you try them on, use that to develop an outside friend group. Because many people, their only social or interpersonal connection outside of their home is who they have at work. This is very indicative of first responders. They will be in almost a fraternity of other police officers, other firefighters, um, emergency personnel. They don't have time to socialize anywhere else. But if you develop a friend base outside of work, then you won't necessarily be as lonely or feeling left out when you have the time to further develop those interests. The other thing is when you try them on and kind of see if that's good for you, you are developing two or three or four things that you might have the time to step into. And you've kind of already tried them on so you know that, yeah, those are pretty cool. I also encourage people in one or two of those things, make those interests that you can do regardless of your health. Picture you're 80 and you can't get around maybe as much as you could when you were 60 and you retired or you were 65 and you joined that bicycling group. How many 80-year-olds do you know are in a bicycling group? There's some, but it's not the majority, right? So have a few interests that 
are fun, but have nothing to do with you having robust health. Hopefully you will have robust health. We all hope for that, right? But maybe one of the things is I'm going to do a book club. You could go to a book club whether you're a bike rider or not, right? So as you develop those secondary and third and fourth level interests, make sure one of them is kind of sedate and kind of that you could do at any age no matter what. It's important to have that in your repertoire. Now, if you're already retired and you haven't developed outside interests, pick something. And then you have to give it a real shot. I tell people all the time, expect to be uncomfortable. All right? You're not going to fit in right away. You're not going to go in and leave going, oh, this is amazing. I want to go back. You're probably going to be a little bit uncomfortable, feel a little on the edge of the group. Um, you're going to have to let yourself get comfortable. And it usually takes at least three times. Like, Let's say that you've retired and you've just been drinking way too much and you've been ruining your relationship and you've turned into a full-fledged alcoholic and you know it and you really are uncomfortable that I'm saying this out loud. Let's say you're going to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. You want to find a group that is more retirement age people maybe, uh, maybe professionals that are there, but you're not going to be comfortable at first. You're going to need to go three, four, five times before you begin to feel like you fit in. It's the same thing when you go to an art class or a cooking class or you're going to join a walking group or you're going to go start yoga that you never could do before. At first, it will be new and unusual and uncomfortable. Stick with it. Give it a true shot. So what's really, really important is that you prepare to build a life that's different than your job. Now, could you go get a part-time job somewhere, you could. Just be careful with that. Um, so, some retirees have, are retired and they do a, they have, they're fine financially, but they go be a greeter at Walmart three days a week because they love seeing all the people and saying hi and being social. And they do it for the interaction. Okay, go do something like that if you want to. Maybe get a part-time job in your field or maybe become a consultant where you can Do it on your own time frame. Those are all possibilities. But don't do that only because you're afraid to let go and you're afraid to form a new identity. You can keep that identity while you begin to form another one. So what's really important here as you retire is other interests, more than one, other friend bases, and not just your own family, your own kids, and your own grandkids, those are good. You get to spend more time with them and more quality time. But also some other friends that are outside of your office so that when you go and meet up with these people, you have new things to talk about and classes you're taking together or books you're reading or something where you have a way to interact. So it's really important that we embrace retiring as a new adventure in life. It is definitely a transition. Transitions are hard. People that don't do change well avoid transitions like mad because they don't want any kind of change. But if you are getting ready for that change coming up in your life, you'll be more prepared. So, so much of retirement, the very important piece is financial 
and financial stability and insurance and all of that. Get advice on that. But the next big, huge part of retirement is emotional. Am I ready? How do I do change? How do I stand in my truth when others decide they want to direct how I'm going to retire? Can I stop and evaluate? Is that what I want? Do I like that? Is that fun? Do I get to have fun? Do I have to always be productive and earning money? And if if that's a therapeutic issue for you, you might have to learn how to allow yourself to be slower. Now, I, mean, I don't mean slow in a bad way. I mean not have to have days be as crowded. One of the huge blessings of retirement is creating space in your day. Space to sit on your deck and have coffee. To sit and have a glass of wine with your spouse at the end of the day. To enjoy the peace and quiet and not have to rush all the time. Not have to be up at the crack of dawn and somewhere at a certain time. So when you are creating your retirement life, remember to allow space in your day. Remember to accept that there are transitions and you have to try things on and see if you like them and give it a really good shot, not just once. Try it for a while. If you're preparing to beginning to think about retirement, ask yourself, what kind of secondary interests do I have? What kind of third interests do I have? What would be a dream of what I could do when I'm retired? The other piece of advice I'll tell you, if you have not retired yet, is many people wait until they're 60 or 70 to start to travel or to do something on their bucket list. And I would encourage you to know that disappointment can happen because you might think, I'm going to backpack Europe when I retire. That may not be possible. That may have been something you should have done when you were 40. All right? You have to be realistic. If you want to do some kind of hard, difficult traveling that's very physical, try and do that earlier in your life. Because if you save everything for when you're 60 or 70, a lot of 70-year-olds will tell you it just doesn't happen. And there's disappointment in that. So don't wait to live your life. But then when you are preparing to live your life in a different phase, prepare well. Reorganize. If you're in that phase, reorganize now. It's not too late. All right. I hope you've gotten something out of this show and you can embrace this transition in your life because it can be wonderful. This is Dr. Patty. You've been listening to Therapy in a Nutshell, where I just want to help heal the world one hour at a time. The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.
Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, Dr. Patty, and we are talking about retirement and how do you reorganize into this phase in your life? How do you prep for it when you're young and get ready for some of these things that you need to know are coming someday? And if you're going into retirement, what do you need to be aware of? And if you're in retirement now and you're struggling, it's not too late to reorganize. It's okay. A lot of people struggle. Let's, it's really important that we talk about some of those emotional issues because often what people do is they come into therapy and they're, uh, it's not unusual that they've recently retired in the last year or two or three and they're really struggling with depression and anxiety. When you go into retirement, you can lose a lot of stuff. And I don't mean stuff like material things. I mean stuff like important stuff between your ears. <laughs> Who you are, how you view yourself, what's your identity, what's your purpose in life. So those are just a few of the things that are huge. Okay, those, those can really kick your butt and make you question who you are and how you function in this life. But the other losses that happen are the loss of the balance that you had in your relationship, the loss of the balance you had that you would go to work and you'd come home and you'd, you'd know that on Saturday you're going to get your stuff done outside and mow the lawn and uh, do your grocery shopping and whatever. So you kind of had an organization for your life that fit around having to go to work. All of a sudden, when you have a lot more time, a lot more space in your day, it becomes easy to say, oh, I'll do that later. I don't want to mow the lawn right now. Uh, I always mow the lawn on Saturdays, but, well, I could mow it now. It's Wednesday. Life changes, and if you don't shift with it and reorganize, you can be left scrambling around trying to figure out who you are and how you do things. So when you struggle with that, or if you are a person who does not do change well, I can hear some of you nodding your head. If you don't do change well, you are thrown into one of the biggest changes of your existence. And you have to allow an alteration and a restructuring in who you are. One of my podcasts, if you go to Dr. Patricia Bay, Therapy in a Nutshell, you can listen to my podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, uh, any podcast forum. But I have one about change. How do you do change? Do you resist it? Do you do well? So listen to the podcast on change. Listen to the podcast on what is your purpose in life. Okay? And then there's ones on depression and anxiety and all of that too. But if you are struggling with depression and anxiety, which is not unusual, even if you have not been a person who has been prone to depression or anxiety in your life, all of a sudden in retirement, restructuring, redefining who you are, changing the balance in your relationships, which often can lead to divorce in relationships, divorce in retirement, is a huge loss. And now you're struggling with identity and purpose at the same time that you're restructuring your relationship or your, um, your home time or how you do your life when you do little things. That can be catastrophic to your life because you're chipping away at all these different areas that you have found comfort in 
over the years. Just the very act of getting up and going to work every day made you structure when you did your grocery shopping, what you did when you got home from work, what was your routine. So all of your routines change and need to be reorganized. If you don't deal with change well, that can really mess with your head. And if you don't know how you want to change them, that can mess with your head. So in in the last section of the show, I'm going to talk to you about ways to actually do this in a proactive way. But for right now, let's look at when depression and anxiety mount in retirement. How do you know what to do with that? One of the first things that you can do is talk to your medical doctor about it. Sometimes the depression and anxiety have been at bay. They've been staying back, silently running under the current of your life. But because you didn't pay attention to them, because you went to work every day and you were busy, 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 you didn't have the time to look at, is your marriage satisfying? Do you, would you still choose your spouse as somebody you'd want to be married to for the rest of your life? Or was it easy to stay married because you weren't there very often? Those are things that can hit you between the eyeballs. If depression has been low-level, low-lying, underneath the current of your life for a very long time, that's a good thing to talk to your medical doctor about because you may be a good candidate for an antidepressant. But if it is that you're reorganizing and restructuring and having to reevaluate what what your purpose is, what your identity is, what your marriage is like, what, who your partner is in your life, what your sex life is like. If you're reevaluating all of this, that can lead to a lot of depression and anxiety. The depression is when you get in touch with the hopelessness or the loss of what you thought would be or that you're really being faced with what's not there and you were hoping it was. And the anxiety can happen along with the depression because the depression becomes a call to consciousness. How do I get happy again? And the anxiety hits when you start thinking of, I'd have to leave. I'd have to sell the house. Uh, What would happen with the grandkids? What would happen with my adult children? Um, How can I leave my spouse when he or she is not well or healthy? Uh, How do I... Divide the empire now at this age. There's barely enough for us to retire on now and be okay. How would both of us retire and be okay? So there's financial issues and happiness issues. And the anxiety hits when you feel hopeless. How can I change this? What direction can I go? Reality is that with extreme hopelessness and depression, coupled with anxiety, that can lead to suicidal ideation. So if there's times that you have thought, I just want to be done. This is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. It was easier when I went to work every day and I didn't have to face all this stuff. You're not alone. There are a lot of people that feel that way. That unhappiness is a call to consciousness. One of my podcasts is actually called Unhappiness, A Call to Consciousness. Listen to that. Because with that unhappiness, you begin to reevaluate and reorganize. Now, you might need a tour guide. And by a tour guide, I mean a therapist. When your depression and your anxiety is making you feel suicidal, don't wait. It's time to get help. There are therapists that take Medicare. 
Uh, there are therapists that take Medi-Cal if you're on disability, if you were forced into retirement by health issues. The way to find a therapist is talk to your minister, talk to your medical doctor, ask your friends. Sometimes it's the power of social media. You type out a messenger message and you send it to your 20 friends that you trust and say, I'm looking for a good therapist in the area where you live. Does anybody know someone that takes Medicare? Um, if you can pay out of pocket, your options are even more. But ask around at who's good. If you don't find somebody, look on Google. Look in the yellow pages. Find out who's there and trust your instincts. Go three times. See if the person is someone that you can relate to. When you call and make an appointment, say, I'm dealing with reorganizing and retirement issues, creating depression and anxiety, and I need some help with this. If they say, oh, yeah, I deal with that all the time, you're probably on the right track. So don't be afraid to get help. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you haven't planned well for retirement. It means that the reorganization can be very difficult. So when we go back to the, all the things that I listed, the time, the purpose, the identity, your relationship, the loss of alone time are now too much alone time, uh, the balance between being disengaged from your partner and now overly engaged, the space in your day, the freedom to listen to your body, to exercise when you want, to mean to exercise but you don't do it because you can't quite organize your life right, uh, the clothes you wear, the vehicle you drive, the routines that you're altering, the setting the alarm clock, the not setting the alarm clock. Retirement is huge, you guys. It's a very big, huge change in your life. Probably the biggest change you had before that was having a baby. When you add a child to your life, it's a huge reorganization that people don't always recognize. When you add a second or a third or fourth child to your life, there's constant reorganization on how do you do the money piece, the time piece, the emotional stuff. So retirement is another huge life transition. And it is not necessarily seamless and smooth. In fact, if you got it to be seamless and smooth, you're one of the rare people. And I commend you. That's awesome. But not everybody can do that. There are huge, huge life changes. And they're better if you prepare for them and Sometimes you need help with depression and anxiety. So in the third section of the show, I'm going to help you learn how to prepare for retirement. But I'm also going to talk about if you're in retirement and it needs reorganization because it's not working right for you. That's the same. How you prepare and how you reorganize are really kind of the same. So instead of just falling into a space that someone else creates for you in retirement. For example, many adult children will be like, oh, mom's home full-time now. She can be our full-time daycare. So you go from a job where you got paid to now you have little kids around all day long. And I, I can tell you something. God did not mean us to have little tiny kids when we're 65. <laughs> You're supposed to be much younger than that when you run after little guys in diapers. So... For your adult children to all of a sudden say, you can be my daycare, or for you to say, oh, I can be your daycare now. You don't have to pay for it, or you, you know, I'm available. That may be what you want to do, but I'd be careful with that. Yes, you can spend more quality time with your grandchildren, but do you really want that, and how do you set a boundary for that? But be careful having that just shoved upon you, not because your kid's don't mean well and they don't love grandma and grandpa time, whatever. But 
Do you want to retire from your job and all of a sudden have space in your day to move into being daycare? And one way to answer that is would you go open a daycare right now and take care of little ones all day long? Something to think about. So if it's not what you want to do, then part of what you have to do is stand in your truth with your adult children. There's a podcast I did called Standing in Your Truth. It's a really important one. How do you say what you want lovingly, kindly? All right, we're going to go to break. And in the last section of the show, I want to talk to you about some actual skills for reorganizing and preparing for retirement or making it what you hoped it would be if you're already there and it's not what you want. We'll be back in a minute. 